have a title for the message today, but um, I feel like it should be called something like A Sermon for Heidi, <laughs> because I'm uh, so aware that what I'm talking about today is so much of a message and a work in progress um, for me and in my life. Um, and so, like, usually when I, you know, have an opportunity to talk to you all at church, I kind of tend to think, okay, what's been a problem for me lately? What's been a challenge for me lately? What's been going on for me lately? Surely there's a few people that, like, we might have some overlap in some of the things that we find challenging in life. And so that's where today's message <clears throat> is coming from. So I'm going to talk a bit about prioritisation and boundaries which, as I have said, it's such a relevant and ongoing challenge for myself, so may I learn something from my own words today. Because, <laughs> um, you know, th- I had this kind of thought a couple weeks ago, and at that point I felt like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of like, this is like this life balance and like choosing the right things and saying no to things is like going quite well for me at the moment. Um, and then in this week leading up to, I kind of said yes to a whole lot of dumb things to try and like, be a superhero and kind of didn't give enough margin and other things and so I was like all right all right we've got a bit of learning to do here myself so if you have got um, a bible or a phone um, you can talk uh, you can turn to mark 1 so we're going to read from verse 32 in just a moment but the gospel of mark starts with Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist getting tested in the desert by Satan calling his first disciples, and then getting stuck into ministry. So casting out demons, healing someone's mother-in-law, healing many sick sick and demon-possessed who are brought to him. So it's this first 31 verses is just like, there's so much happening. It's been a busy, busy time. And so we get to verse 32, and um, I'll read from there now. It says, That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. So word is spread. Word is spread that there's a healer. There's someone with power. And people are bringing people to Jesus. They're bringing themselves to Jesus. They're bringing the sick that need healing. They're bringing the demon-possessed. Some say that there would have been thousands. The whole town is gathered and everyone's got some issue. If you don't have an issue, you're there because you're bringing someone with an issue. The whole town is gathered at the door. So it's, it's a busy, it's a busy um, picture going on. So anyway, Jesus heals, he ministers, he brings life-giving, um, you, you know, new, new life to all sorts of people, new starts. He helps them and heals them through some pretty big situations. And then verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. This is why I have come. And I can imagine the disciples, because they're new to this whole game, right? They're just like fresh and eager and enthusiastic, just being like, What? You do realise there was a packed house last night, right? Did you not see all the good that came, all the amazing transformations that happened? You know, and the people have come back this morning because there's more need. That's why we're looking for you. You know, what are you doing? There's so much need here right now. Everyone is looking for you. It's still early, but here they are. They're so keen. There's demand. We're on a roll. You know, you can't leave these people hanging. We have an opportunity. We could take this big Jesus. Imagine the impact and the help that we could have on these people. And yet Jesus is unwavering in his response. 
and it comes from a surety within, and he doesn't hesitate. He says, let's go somewhere else, to nearby villages, so I can minister there also. That's why I've come. And at the exact moment where demand is highest on Jesus, he kind of goes in the opposite direction. He pulls back. He grounds himself. He's taken time where he's gone to the solitary place, and then he stays the course. He knows that it is time for him to move on to a different village. You know, and I think there's an opportunity here for us to look at this and consider perhaps where we might be needing a big shift on how we treat ourselves when we have demand on us. You know, what do you do with demand? Demand comes in all shapes and sizes in all of our lives, and demand can be positive. There's something that, you know, when you're giving people what you want, when you're supporting people, when you're helping people, it's positive. And that's what we're here for, right? To, to help and make an amazing difference in, in the people and places around us. You know, but it can also be something that, that plays with our sense of, um, sense of groundedness and our sense of focus and our sense of what we should be doing. You know, when I was growing up in the church circles and the kind of, you know, the place where um, I was at that time, there was a sense that bigger, better, more impact, demand, popularity, influence, results, they were the goal, you know. There was a lot of talk about opening the floodgates and enlarging the tent. Anything that you could hope, dream for and imagine, you know, that is what, that's where we're heading. It's, there was a sense that there was this, um, the God was kind of the God of up, up and up. And if people wanted what you were doing, then you expand, you get a bigger space, you run harder, you serve more, you don't stop, you fulfil the demand. When there is demand, it's a sign that you need to fulfil on that. And so, of course, that flows on to how personal lives are lived, how time is spent, how priorities are ranked, and, of course, that sense that the trajectory should always be up, up, up. You know, in the world we live in, you know, business, lifestyle, material success, bigger, better, more... Growth, results, that's the goal. You know, and how we measure success as a culture is so tied up in the size, stature and visibility of our achievements. And of course, the trajectory should always be up, up, up. It should not be maintained. It should not be step back. It should always be up. Now, these things aren't always bad, right? Because we need trailblazers and we need growth. We need innovation and we need change in the world. We absolutely need these things. But the pursuit of them, the demands that they can place on us at times, can make you feel a bit tired. You know, sometimes I find myself asking myself, why am I so tired? Why do I need a break? Why do I feel this way? Where is this pull coming from? And I'm sure there are questions that resound with many of you here today. Why am I so tired? Why do I need a break? Why do I feel this way? Where is this pull coming from. You know, we live in this world that is completely, almost out of its mind when it comes to a framework on how to properly treat yourself and what's realistic in terms of holding up priorities while holding it all together. And sure, while there's been a lot of progress on self-care, you know, we've just um, gone through Mental Health Week at the moment, by and large the trajectory still favours fulfilling demand. Aiming for bigger, better, brighter, higher, harder is the marker of success. And I feel like maybe it's my personality makeup at times where I kind of have this ambition and drive for, 
for big things and to have significance in the world, that I just have to work so hard at not being sucked into this trajectory. I know that for all of us, it's something that we are exposed to on a daily basis. You know, when there's demand, when people want what you're selling, when people respond to how you help them, when, when people need a piece of you to solve their problems, it feels like delivering on that need is the right thing to do, right? Isn't that like the Christian response to deliver on that need? Isn't that what we should be doing? Are we supposed to be available for all of these things? You know, why doesn't Jesus do a morning session? He's had his quiet time. Have some breakfast. Let's do a morning session. Maybe if we just had a few breaks between each session, we could stack the day and then move on to the next village. You know, he could help so many more people. The night before, the place was packed out, right? So why wouldn't he? You know, the very basic answer is because it takes too much from him. Because it takes too much from him. Perhaps you're thinking around different parts of your life and realising, hmm, the amount that I'm doing here, the demand that I'm fulfilling on, maybe it takes too much from me. Welcome to the club. You know, fully God, fully human, Jesus, realise that he is finite and limited. Isn't it ironic that the only person who doesn't have a Messiah complex is the Messiah himself? You know, the Messiah complex or saviour complex is one that where we can um, we tie feeling good about ourselves to when we're helping someone or expending energy to try and help and fix others and in the process end up leaving our own needs behind. But the actual Messiah does not hold this complex. He's very tuned in to giving and receiving at a time where he's been giving, 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 which is good and healthy and right and beautiful. There's also next a time to pull back, receive, and get filled up. You know, and there's a rhythm here that we see, and the rhythm is that you can't always be on. You can't always be on. You know, I want to do a little exercise with you now. In a moment, we're all going to exhale. Okay? You ready? So take a breath. And I want you to exhale. And don't inhale. Just let that breath go out. Just give, give, give. Don't ever exhale. Okay, inhale, inhale. I want, you to, I want everyone to stay conscious here. But the truth is, you know, it just doesn't work. In order to be able to inhale, in order to be able to exhale, in order to be able to give out, we have to be able to inhale. There's a rhythm here. And the disciples, please, they're just impact-driven, right? They're on mission, and we cannot criticize them. Their enthusiasm, their passion. Their nobleness of their intent is so evident. But the disciples in that time, in that moment, don't have a larger vision of anything more than the people right in front of them. They're planning, they're playing no larger game at that point than these people want this, so we should give it to them. But Jesus, however, he's playing the larger game, the longer game, the strategic game. He has a vision that spans further than the needs of the here and now. And Jesus doesn't even address this should. He doesn't even address the everyone's looking for you. He simply states, let's just go somewhere else. I've come to keep going. You know, the response of the crowd of, towards the gift from Jesus the night before is more, more, more. We have received and we need more, more, more. And whether you're talking family or friends or business or career or job or community, there will always be someone who needs or wants you to give them more. And that is not necessarily a bad thing. But we need to hold this intention with the long game, with the bigger picture. 
You know, none of this seems to be at play in Jesus' decision. He's turned into a centre, a place that he's living deep from, and knowing of where he is going and where he returns to. Now, Jesus' great compassion for healing the world sits side by side, absolutely side by side, with a tremendous sense of what he needs, of what he needs, of what God needs. You know, God embodied as a human does not let his compassion and his mission for healing the world override that sense of what he needs. You know, if when you are kind to yourself, or perhaps you treat yourself well, and you have a sense of guilt that comes alongside that, maybe there's a lesson that we can learn from Jesus here. You know, you can have great ambition and goals for your life and want to have impact and and heal and respond to the world around us. You know, in your business, you can shoot for the moon, strive for targets, have an impact, be that trailblazer, smash that profit through the roof. In your career and job, give 100%, go for the promotion, be the absolute best in your field, be the authority in, in your sphere, max out your impact. You know, in your family, give your best energy. Serve each other above and beyond. Make the sacrifices that are needed to create that big, bright future, to fulfill on those commitments, to nurture and love fiercely that at times will take sacrifice. In your community involvement, be on the committee. Do the things. Contribute. Give. Be that pillar in the society or community that we need. But whatever your role is in this world, whatever you're on mission for, absolutely get stuck in and do it. But realise that it needs to sit side by side with a strong sense of what you need. Of what you need. You as a person. You're not a resource to be expended. You're not a person to be used up. You may be capable and amazing, but you are not a machine. You are not a superhero. You know, if Jesus requires boundaries, limitations, rest, tough decisions, then maybe you do too. If Jesus says no to things because it takes too much from him, Perhaps it is our holy responsibility to also consider doing the same in our lives. And I think a really important thing to note is, you know, we cannot necessarily expect the world or the people or the, you know, the things we're involved with around us to know and respect our priorities and set in place the boundaries for us all the time. You know, the demands of others and the demands, um, you know, of just the world will never balance out on their own. They won't kind of often reach an equilibrium left to their own devices. You know, we have to be responsible and empowered and aware that we can define what our priorities are and we can set in place the boundaries that are required to hold them in place. You know, one of our values at St. Luke's is treat people like adults. <laughs> treat people like adults, which is awesome. But also it's a little bit alarming that as a church we need to kind of define that that's something that's really important to us. And so, um, you know, along, along our journey we've welcomed many Many who have um, been burnt out and disillusioned from a journey where they have been sold the God of more and more and more and more and been, um, you know, at any cost being promoted and they've been spent as resources and perhaps drained for the sake of the kingdom at times. So naturally invite them to rest, we invite them to absorb, replenish, inhale after what has been often a long overdue season of giving too much. Then of course, though, there comes a time when, as an adult, they discern that it is wise and healthy and important to start giving out again in some capacity, growing, serving, doing their part. So it's not all about building this kind of permanent wall, this 
you know, ironclad retreat um, where we say no to everything. We're in a permanent state of resting uh, forever and ever. And I guess, like, in some ways, I was a little bit like, oh, if we kind of give people the permission to say no and to take rest and to, you know, stick to their guns about what's important, will everyone just leave church and, like, drop off the rosters and quit their jobs and say to their family, like, you know, I don't have capacity for you anymore. But the thing is, we are adults, right? And so we have wisdom and we have discernment and it's not about giving up all of one thing and embracing all of the other. It's about holding those things side by side, the things that are priorities in life, the things that you want to have impact with your role, your mission in the world, but then also a strong sense of what it is that you need. So holding this value in hand, treat ourselves as adults. There's not really one prescriptive next step, is there? Um, but I do want to challenge us to ask two, what I think are two very broad but important questions that we can ask of ourselves. So the first one is, what am I here for now? What am I here for now? And that's kind of a priorities question. And I guess when we're thinking about this, I'd love you to think about what am I here for now? Because we've got a big long life with all sorts of things we may hope or dream to do in the future. Um, but we're living with the realities of working out our priorities in there now. We're, we're embodied into the people, situations, circumstances, and roles that are on our, on our plate in the now. So what are your life priorities at the minute? What are those things that are aligned with your values and faith that are kind of the most important things? You know, and are these reflected in your day-to-day life and how you spend your time, your money, and your energies? You know, Jesus has a strong sense of, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to do something. It shreds my heart at times. It's difficult from time to time. But there's a sense of mission, determination. There's an energy that's grounded in, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm here to do. And I think in the past... um, you know, sometimes this question has been something that's kind of been a bit more like spiritualized, like what is my specific ministry vocation, right? What's my specific area of impact? I'm kind of talking about what are you here to do now in the spheres of life that you interact with? What are you sure about that are your most important areas that you are here to make an impact in, that you're here to bring life to, that you are here to just to be salt and light? So it could be you know, family is one of those major areas. Maybe you feel really called in a specific area of your work or business. Maybe there's specific people groups that you just know are your people. What are you here for now? You know, and as, um, as I said, Jesus' great compassion for healing the world sits side by side with a tremendous sense of what he needs. So the question number two is, what do I need? And that might be a harder question to ask because... Often what we're here for now, it can be focused outward on all sorts of beautiful, amazing things that we want to have impact on. But what do I need? That's where sometimes those sense of um, guilt or minimisation or, you know, it's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes asking this this question. That our mission, our role, our desire for impact, it needs to sit firmly side by side with a strong sense of what you need. At what point in all these important things can you identify, it takes too much from me? There's an inhale type response that I'm needing to build into certain areas of life. Think through what you do, who you interact with on a weekly basis. How does it detract from what you're here for now? 
Where can you identify the things that take too much from you? And it may even be that the thing in itself is not bad, but once it pushes to a certain point, and um, you know there's not that boundary in place, it starts to take too much from you. You know, defining those boundaries, upholding that same care and compassion that you would show for someone else, <laughs> that you would show for someone else in a heartbeat, extending that towards yourself. You know, and I know that in a room like this, there will always be people who, you know. It just is the fact that there's some seemingly impossible situations that are just on your plate, right? Where it doesn't feel like there is that opportunity to step back and inhale and put in place a boundary and and rest and, and make those decisions to the contrary because the only option is to give even when there's nothing left. Maybe it's a tricky relationship or an illness, you know, or a problem that just needs massive support from you. You know, in the season when you've got really small, small kids, right? There's this dependency that you can't easily drop, otherwise there's consequences. Perhaps it's a demanding job or a boss or a business that the work hours are intense, but they kind of feel like they're inescapable. You know, if you step back in some of these situations, there are consequences. Things fall over. Other people's lives fall apart. You're so integrally needed to hold things together. And those situations are tough. Those times are tough, and I know that that is a reality. And so for some places and spaces we find ourselves in, there's not necessarily an immediate or short-term option. It's not like, I'm going to step back and I'm just going to move in this direction because, you know, there's consequences and we have responsibilities. But we can make a plan, you know, and more than anything, I want you to feel empowered to take action on this. You know, we're called as Christ followers to be stewards, and that includes being a steward of ourselves, you know, and it's in these kind of places it might involve sharing with someone, it might involve grabbing someone and bringing them into your world to make a plan, it could be a friend, it could be a counsellor, it could be a pastor, it could be a coach, it could be a specialist in a certain area, you know, so you make a plan that starts today and might not see the impact or um, the opportunity to pull back and have those boundaries for a few months. But perhaps things like respite, new boundaries, having others involved, getting expert time, um, expert help, perhaps it may be even a mindset shift that scheduling your rest and refreshment time, you do that in the same way that you'd schedule an urgent medical appointment <laughs> or a work meeting. They, we just rank the priority up a few steps. But taking that step on the right trajectory with support, and accountability so that we can fulfill on that area of what do you need while holding intention with what am I here for and what are the demands on me is so important. And sometimes it can involve making big calls. It could mean for some earning less money in order to have the ability to balance those incoming and outgoing energies. It could be for some needing to work out a way how to spread the load of looking after someone or something that does just take a lot of energy. It could mean for some having to stay, stay, uh, take a step back from draining social spaces. You know, just clear out the social calendar a little bit. I know for lockdown, some of us realised how much the social calendar was stacked and that it was taking a bit too much. And so rearranging and being able to say no to a few things um, is a huge, a huge step to taking care of yourself. It could mean working through and releasing feelings of guilt for pulling back or not being as available. 
not being as available, not having to respond to all those incoming demands in order to be able to stay the course and not give too much. You know, in any area of life, if you're feeling pressure to move at a certain speed, to respond at a certain speed, you have permission to do things at your speed. That's okay. It's okay to move at your own speed. Now, how fast do you want to move? How fast is sustainable for you to move? Where do you want to go? Everyone is looking for you. You know, Jesus is playing his own game. Everyone is looking for you. He's like, I got my own speed. I got my own direction. This is the way I'm going. He wakes up the next morning. He withdraws to a quiet, solitary space. That tension of everyone's looking for you. I think we feel that at times. Sometimes it comes at us through our email inbox. Sometimes it comes at us through our text. Everyone's looking for you. You know, if you're exhausted and you want to check out for a moment, why don't you do that? <laughs> why don't you do that? Why don't you follow that? If your body is like feels like it's being held together by a few threads because there's been so much going on, maybe take a rest. Maybe give it that opportunity. Often our bodies are a step ahead of what's going on with other areas of our lives. And you don't have to justify, you don't have to defend, you don't have to explain or rationalise, you don't have to feel like you need to clarify. If everyone's looking for you and you need to pull back, you can absolutely do that. You know, we can all spot when others need a break, and I believe most people in this room would encourage that, right? We can see when others are being kind to themselves, and we would uphold and encourage that. So let's be aware of when we might need a break and when we might need some kindness and pay that same beautiful, tender attention to ourselves. You know, because we're playing a long game, right? And we're all in different seasons. We're all completely different people. So this is not a one, two, three step plan. This is a pause. Ask a few questions. You know, what am I here for now? And what do I need to make that a sustainable journey ahead? You know, my prayer is that you would live a life that is true to what you are here for, that sense of grounding, and that you would have that sense of centering, that place that you're living from that is grounded and deep. And then my prayer is that you would consistently and without guilt do what you need to do to care for and give love to yourself so that what you are here to do can be done in a sustainable manner. You know, that we can be joyfully disciplined in living out a life that isn't always on, you know, that we have that time to be off, but has a beautiful rhythm of giving, receiving, giving out, pulling back, emptying, filling up, exhale, inhale. I'd like to invite you to stand. And as we close today, I'm going to read a benediction over us all. This morning, may you move at your own speed in this moment. May you pause before each decision, each opportunity. May you say no. May you say yes. May you say not now. May you say the word that is right for you. May you trust your own deep knowing and may grace and peace be with you every step of the way. Amen.